0: to mention that just a minute ago. They're back there if you're uh, interested in them. Uh, They're sitting back there. So uh, again, it is good to see everybody this morning. I appreciate uh, everyone being here. You know, last weekend, Labor Day weekend, yesterday being 9-11, a lot of stuff going on and so forth. Uh, Ephesians chapter number one is where we're going to pick up this morning. And uh, a lot of things kind of going on in life, you know, it's, uh, the older you get, the quicker it seems to move, even though the clock ticks the same. Just perception. And as I think about things and as we've been looking at things, uh, really out of Ephesians chapter 3, I, I want to pick up on where we were last time talking about the angels and, and what the angels need to know and just kind of bring last week and this week together and set up some things for next week as well. Ephesians chapter number 1 uh, the Apostle Paul, but by the way, Ephesians chapter 3 obviously is after chapter 1. So the things that we've been studying in chapter 3 about making all men see what is the fellowship to the intent that now into the principality's powers and heavenly, uh, we have that impact and so forth, starts really with an understanding of Ephesians chapter 1, verse 8, 9, and 10. Verse 8, let's just jump in here, both feet. Uh, again, I... I <laughs> I think about where everybody's at today, you know, and I say everybody. The, the room's got people in it for the folks on the Internet. It's just, you know, that last hurrah. Well, if it's 109 or 10 today, I'd get out of town too, honestly. You know, me in the swimming pool, we have, I haven't seen as much of my pool as I have the last couple days, you know, <laughs> been in it. So, uh, anyway, Ephesians chapter 1, verse 8. Wherein he hath abounded toward us in all wisdom and prudence having made known unto us the mystery of his will, according to his good pleasure which he hath purposed in himself, that in the dispensation of the fullness of times he might gather together in one all things in Christ, both which are in heaven and which are on earth, even in him, and whom also we have obtained an inheritance, being predestinated according to the purpose of him who worketh all things after the counsel of his own will." Let's open in a word of prayer. Dear Holy Father, we thank you for the morning. We thank you for your word and the instructions that we have here pertaining that we're going to be looking at about creation, and what you're doing in creation, and our part in it. In your name we pray. Amen. If you look here with me at verse number 8, we've been talking about the angels. We've been talking about our impacting the angels. What do the angels need to know? We talked about last week a little bit. Uh, I'm going to kind of take a take a, uh little side trip, if you will, this week, next week, the following week, the last Sunday of the month. I won't be here. We'll be in Minnesota for a Bible conference uh, as long as everything's good to go. <laughs> but uh, the guys will be here. Keith and Phil will be filling in and so forth. So you be here. But as we look at this, look at verse 8. Where, uh, where, wherein he hath abounded toward us in all wisdom and prudence. Wherein, Notice this verse. Wherein? Well, the end of verse 7. Actually, the last five words of verse. According to the riches of his grace, wherein he hath abounded. God has abounded. That word abounded, overflow. He's overflowed us with wisdom and prudence. Boy, what a real blessing. You know, all spiritual blessings. He's overflowed us. We're, we don't, we're not to walk around not knowing what's going on. He's given us all of his wisdom, all all wisdom, all understanding, all prudence. We have the ability to know, to comprehend, he says in chapter 3, to look at things and say, hey, here's what's going on. We have the ability to take all of that and then apply it to the details of our lives. Here's what God would have me do in my life, in this moment, in this time, because i He's said some things that are worthy to be in my life and a part of my life. And it has to do with his wisdom. Notice he's abounded toward us in all wisdom and prudence. Not just some of it, but all of it. He's laid it out. I had a guy ask me one time years ago, Pastor, is there another book up there, another word of God, another scripture that we don't have You know, you see that thing here lately about the Book of Enoch and Eli and all these things that come up over time, uh, and so forth. And 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 my answer is no, because of a verse like that. What did he just say he did? He abounded toward us in what? All wisdom. So there's not another book of 66 books designed to teach us doctrine like we have. He's done what? He's made it known, all of it. Now watch verse nine. How did he do it? How's this happening? What's the having made known unto us the mystery of his will? So how does he abound toward us in all wisdom and prudence and understanding and knowledge and all that? He did what? He revealed something to us. He has made known unto us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure with his purpose in himself. The reason he's abounded, the reason that he's given all of us this information is so that we would know. He's given us the information in his word, written it down, we rightly divide it, we study it, we search it out, He's, he's revealed he's, we have the full revelation of God's will for our life, but for our life where? in Christ. what's he doing? what's his plan? what's his And we're to, to live. We're to take all of this knowledge, all of this understanding and we're to live from that fortified position of knowledge and equipping and wisdom, we're not to live in we're not to live as someone who is stumbling around blindly, looking around, trying to figure something out. Rather, we're to live from a from a power position. We're to live from a position of having the revealed word of God concerning the details of our lives and you know what we need to know those things and that's what he's beginning to lay out here if you hold on here look over at 2nd corinthians uh, nine look at 2nd corinthians 9 and look at verse 8 it's very interesting little verse here it sits after the verse about every man according as he purposed in his heart so let him give not grudgingly or in a necessity for God loveth that you will forgive. Her. Verse 8, and God is able to make all th- grace abound toward you, that ye always having all sufficiency in all things may abound to every good work. Now the all things and the good work in the context is about giving. It's about taking care of the ministry. It's about taking care of the preacher. It's about taking care of, of the local church ministry. But notice how much of the sufficiency do we have? all sufficiency. We have all grace. We have all sufficiency. We have, we're fully sufficient. We're fully equipped, fully intelligent, all the knowledge, and it's been abounded toward us. Come back there to Ephesians 1. It's been given to us. It's been made revealed, and it's all designed to work in you that believe, 1 Thessalonians 2.13, you you take the word, you believe it, its design is to work in you. And folks, our Christian life is designed to function on understanding, wisdom. You've heard me say it, you've heard dad say it, I, I got it from dad. You know how as you get older you start saying things like your mom and dad say? And it's scary. I'll never say that and then 10 years later, what are you doing? You're saying the same thing, right? Yeah. Our Christian life is not designed to function, to operate on the basis of ignorance. We have been given. It has abounded toward us in all wisdom and knowledge and understanding and prudence. So there's some things that we're to know here. Specifically in verse 11, well, at the end of verse 9, which he, according to his good pleasure which he hath purposed in himself, the end of verse 11, to the purpose of him who worketh all things after the counsel of his own will. There's some things that we're to know about the purpose of God, the eternal plan and purpose. If you look over at chapter 3 there where we've been, verse 11, according to the eternal purpose which he purposed in Christ Jesus our Lord. There's some things that we're to know about. We have this inheritance, verse, chapter 1, verse 11, back over there. We have this inheritance. We have this, we have this standing. We have all of this here, and we're to know some things about that, and we're to focus on that, and what we're focusing in on his purpose, and the angels are desiring to look into it where we've been. It's in verse 10, Ephesians 1, 10 where he says that in the dispensation of the fullness of times, he might gather together in one all things in Christ, both which are where? In heaven and in earth. Okay? So that draws our heaven and earth, the whole of creation. That's what he's talking about. He's got a purpose in the whole of all of it. So that draws us back to Genesis 1-1. That should come to mind. It's fascinating. The Lord, the prophets... Israel's program always drags everybody back to who? Do you remember? Moses, Abraham and Moses. Okay, the the Israel, the nation starts with Moses. The Lord takes everybody back to Abraham. Do you know where Paul takes you and I? Back to Adam. Adam. He he doesn't stop at Moses or Abraham. He goes back to Adam. So where does Paul take us here in our thinking of understanding? Think about this. We're to know this. We're to understand it. We're to have a comprehension of it. We're to have a grasp of it. We're to grip with it. You're in Ephesians, right? Look over at chapter 3. I I think about this verse in chapter 3 because I've been hit with this over the years of you just can't know. I've had people say, you can't know that. There's no way for you to know. And then I read a verse like, verse 18, 318. May be able to comprehend with all saints. Who am I able to comprehend this with? All saints. That means what? Everybody can get this. Not just me, because I'm the pastor. Or not just cause me, because I'm the janitor. No, it's everybody can get this. May comprehend with all saints. What is the breadth and the length and the depth and the height? And to know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge that ye might be filled with all the fullness of God. You know, you can know, we are to know, we're to comprehend this, we're to grasp this. And I'll be honest with you, for me and for you as well, it comes to the point where where we just have to say, well, you know, I might not understand it, but God's word says it's going to happen, so I'm going to trust that it's going to happen, and I'm going to keep working on my understanding. That's different than saying I can't know. No, you are to know. So I want to look at creation this morning. Come back with me to Proverbs chapter 3. We're going to look at a couple verses that we looked at last time as we're just kind of getting back in here. Because in order for you and I to really appreciate the purpose that God has in creation, we need to understand creation. And we're just going to get very basic this morning. We're, very, we're not going to get into the weeds and the details. We're just going to skim the treetops, if you will, okay? And hopefully maybe cause you to be able to think about it. We need to be able to view the heaven and the earth the way God views it. Proverbs chapter 3. Now, by the way, Genesis one. 1 In the beginning, God, God what? Created. That ends the discussion of evolution. It's done. We're not ta- when we talk about creation, we're not talking about archaeology. We're not talking about evolution. We're not talking about the, the, the theology of man and human viewpoint. We're talking about when God created here, he's doing something. And in the way that he creates, do you realize that when he, we'll see here probably next time, when he lays out the decorations in the heavens, he is literally stockpiling the heavens for that great day of battle, and he does it. Pre, he does it in Genesis 1:1. What does he know is coming? There's going to be a war in heaven, so he lays in the munitions. He lays in the details. There's going to be a battle. We talked last year, or uh, this is still 21, so 2020, about the battles and those creatures in the heavens, if you'll draw back in your thinking. And he, he lays in the munitions ahead of the battle. You know, that's, that's some, uh, 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 that, what's that board game? Risk, you know, war, you yeah, know, lay it in, get it here, strategic, boom. So when we look here, we're, not, we're talking about God's creation. Now, there are three creations of God. One is the natural creation, which is what we're going to talk about today. Then you have a national creation, where he creates the nation of Israel to accomplish his purpose in the earth. And then you have a new creation. There's you and I, the church, the body of Christ, that's going to accomplish his purpose in the heavenly places, okay? I give you that now in case I forget later, all right? So when we talk about God's creation, really, we're going to talk this morning about the natural creation, and we need to understand that. And when we talk about the natural creation and God creating, he does it in a very special and specific way in order to accomplish the ultimate purpose that he has. And we're going to see that. Proverbs 3, look at verse 19 and 20. The Lord by wisdom hath founded the earth. By understanding hath He established the heavens. By His knowledge the depths are broken up and the clouds drop down the dew. Notice, when the Lord begins to act in the act of creating, He does it by wisdom. He does it by understanding. He does it by knowledge. In other words, he had a plan. When he creates, he didn't just come out here and say, "Boo doop doop you know, I was watching... I don't know, I don't understand the stuff on, the, on social media with the popping of confetti everywhere on everybody. I, something, I don't know, I don't get it. But anyway, I'm watching and this lady did this on her husband and little boy, their little boy comes by and he's picking it up and throwing it on dad. That's not how God created, just throwing it up there going, wee, wee. He, rather, he had a blueprint. He had a plan. So when God creates, come on over to chapter 8, when God creates, he's going to use a blueprint. He's going he's to be working. And when we see creation, when the angels, the, sun, the morning stars, and the sons of God shout with joy, we'll see that here in a minute in Job, he's creating, a, he's working out a plan, and it's a brilliant, marvelous, wonderful plan. And the heavens and the earth are going to be wisely placed. They're going to be placed according to some wisdom and some knowledge and some understanding. They're just not skewed out there, thrown out there. Rather, they're placed in very specific situations. Look at chapter 8 here of Proverbs. Verse 22. The Lord possessed me. Now, the me there is wisdom. Wisdom is speaking. Verse 1: Doth not wisdom cry, and understanding put forth her voice? You see, wisdom and understanding, they begin to speak. And the person talking here, by the way, if you look down at verse 12, I, wisdom, dwell with prudence and find out knowledge of witty inventions. And I was like, wow. I, so the person speaking here is not really a person, it's who? It's wisdom. It's wisdom where the, the plan of, where, where the plan that God has is being personified. It's being, it's being given some, some, a voice. And wisdom is going to speak and the value of wisdom is personified out so you can see it. And, and it's as though he begins to talk and stands there. Verse 22, the Lord possessed me in the beginning of his ways before his works of old. Before the foundation of the creation of the world, anything, what did he have? He had wisdom. He's got a plan. Verse 23, I was set up from everlasting, from beginning, or ever the earth earthward. I was set up before creation. I was set in the place. When there were no depths, I was brought forth. When there were no fountains abounding with water, before the mountains were settled, before the hills was I brought forth. We'll see in a minute over there in Psalms and in Isaiah, he's going to weigh out the mountains. He's going to scoop down and dig the valley just right. He's going to do all of that. But before all that, while, verse 26, as yet he had not made the earth, nor the fields, nor the highest part of, of the dust of the world. When he prepared the heavens, I was there. When he set a compass upon the face of the deep. When he established the clouds above. Look at this. He's He's setting up. He's constructing. He's building. And he's, he's putting together this plan before he ever created anything. We are at home. We're looking at redoing our floor. It's time for, you know, Almost 20-something years of kids, and the kids are gone, so it's time for mom and dad to get a new floor. By the way, we need a floor guy, okay? but So you you look in there, and you know what you have? We went into floor and decor. It's got so much stuff going on in that store, you don't even know where to start. So we're like, so the guy's like, well, can I help you? And I'm like, dude, you can do more than help, man. You can just come and do my house, you know, just come. What, you, what do you, before you ever go in, what do you got to decide? You got a checklist, don't you? What are you going to What kind of flooring? Who's going to do it? How much? Who's going to do it? Where are you going to put, you know, because we're talking about doing the whole house. So where do you put all the furniture? Where do you do this? How does this get moved? How does that happen? And, what do you, and that's what God's doing with the blueprint on creation. He's like, okay, guys, now think about it. Here's the Godhead, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. All right, now listen, we're going to have this little dot. We're going to put it right there. And they're going, okay, and we're going to put this dot here, and we're going to do this here, and we're going to do that here, and we're going to lay in munitions here, and we're going to do this here. And you know what they say? Well, I, I think that's a little too close. Let's move over. Okay, yeah, oh, perfect. That's what, And they begin to lay out, verse 27, when he prepared the heavens. Think about preparing a meal. What do you do when you prepare a meal? Pizza Hut. (laughs) But think about Pizza Hut. When you order a pizza or whatever you do, what do you have to do? You got to go to the store, don't you? And get ingredients. And you got a recipe. Recipe, you're going to follow, you're going to put it together. So before he begins to create anything, he gets it all together. He set a compass there we read. He sets this compass up and he's a compass is a measuring instrument. I know we'd think a compass we think a north south east and west but it's a measuring device. There's a course for the depths. He's going to measure it out. Verse 30. Then I was by him and as one brought up with him and I was daily his delight rejoicing always Always before him, rejoicing in the habitable part of his earth. And my delight were with the sons of men. Notice that. I was by him. Verse 30. Think about that. When the Lord, the son, goes out to create, what's tucked up underneath his arm? The blueprint. The plan that he had prepared, that he had laid out, that he had measured, that he had set up he had put it all out verse 30 is a wonderful verse about creation then i was by him as one brought up with him well, i'm with he i was looking at a when i worked as a real estate appraiser <laughs> i had a backpack and in my backpack was all the things that i would ever need to measure a house okay one day I forgot it at home. So you know where I had to go? Home Depot. <laughs> I was down in Tucson. My bag's in Mesa. Guess where I went? Home Depot. And what, you, know what you, you know what I bought? I had a list of what I needed. God goes over. He's got a list. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. You get the tape measure out. You get the devices out. I was by him and I was with him. Notice verse 30. And I was daily his delight. Hold on to here. Run to Genesis 1. You've got to see this, folks. I get excited about this. Somebody asked me after last week about how do you go to sleep at night with all that going through your head? Well, I go to sleep because I, it's comforting. It's, it's good to know. Just like it's good to know where you're going to spend eternity, it's good to know the future. Look at Genesis 1. Look at verse number 5. And God called the light day, I'm sorry, go back up to verse Verse 10, There, I'll just jump there, verse 10. And God called the dry land earth, and the gathering together of the waters called he sees, and God saw that it was, what, good. Proverbs 8, 30. I was daily his delight. So God comes over here, forms the dry land, gets the seas, gets all that done, looks at it, and says, Hang on a minute, let's get the blueprint. Pulls the blueprint over and says, Yeah, that matches that. that. You know on blueprints? As a real estate appraiser, we had to read blueprints. And it'll say, see, so and see, exhibit, whatever, and you gotta flip over and find, and it's the breakdown. <laughs> Here's the breakdown on the earth, boom, boom. And you know what he says? It matches. It's good. It's good. Nothing out of place. I was daily, he was daily delighted. It's good. That was a great idea. That was a great plan, Father. Bam, we're going to execute it. By him, with him. Go back to Proverbs 8. By him, with him. Every day, every day the wisdom went with him. He was one with him. He takes the plan, checks the plan, checks the next detail, moves over, and he goes, and it's every little movement. He had a plan, he had a, he had a blueprint, and he called it wisdom. And you and I see it. You're in Proverbs. Just drift your eye back to Psalms 119. Psalms 119. You got to think about this. He had this plan, Psalms 119, and look, if you will, at verse, oh, verse 89. Psalms 119, 89. Forever, O Lord, thy word is settled where? In heaven. You know what he did? Back there in heaven, back there before, he settled the issue. Go back to Proverbs 8. He said, you know what? That's what we're going to do. And he, then he put, by the way, he put it in your book. Notice where we're at, by the way. We're in Proverbs. We're going to go to Isaiah. We're going to go to Job. More information outside of Genesis 1 about creation than ever. Right here. Here it is. Now look at, look at chapter 8, Proverbs 8. Look at verse 31. Because there's something here. I got a plan. I'm creating according to the plan. Everything is there. Now watch verse 31. Rejoicing in the habitable part of his earth. There's something going to happen in that creation. As God takes his wise plan and he creates, he gets excited, but there's going to be a creature now. That's going to be introduced into creation. And the issue in the creation is not just that he did it, but when he did it, he had a plan and a purpose in doing it. And he created it so that there's going to be some people who are going to, uh, some creatures, let me say it like that, who are going to inhabit it, who are going to watch him do it, who are going to See what he does. See the plan. See the fall of the design. See it all happen. And that's the angels. Okay? You guys with me? Alright? And that's where we come in. Now, come over to Isaiah 40. We're going to get a verse in Isaiah 40 and we're going to go back to Job. Isaiah 40. Isaiah 40. Here's... Here's, here's the purpose. God is dealing with Israel. Isaiah forty will match with the book of Matthew, in its theme, and tone and tenor. And God is telling them, telling Israel about their restoration. Now he's telling them about some things that they should have known. Look at verse twenty one. Have ye not known? Have ye not heard? Hath it not been told you from the beginning? Have ye not understood from the foundation of the earth? you see all those questions? The answer to all of those questions is a yes. Yes, they did know. Yes, they did hear. Yes, they had been told from the beginning. Yes, they had understood. But what did Israel end up not doing? Not understanding. They missed it. He has told them already. Now, you can slip something in Isaiah. We'll be back to it. But come over to Job and Job 38. Because here is where he has told them. He told them about all of creation, about the meaning of creation. He gave them all the details from day 1 all the way down to man, day 6, the events of day 7, the Sabbath day. He gave all of that there. And he looks at Israel... As Israel's floundering around in satanic captivity and sin and so on. And he says, hey, you guys have forgot why I created you. Now, he's given us this information here in the book of Job. And in Job 38 and 39 and 9 and 26 and all these different places, there's more information about creation than there is contained in the book of Genesis. Job is said to be the the first book written in Scripture. And when Moses writes the book of Genesis, he writes with Job sitting in front of him. Look at Job 38. Look at verse 1. Then the Lord answered Job out of a whirlwind and said, Who is this that darkeneth counsel by words, notice, without knowledge? Who is this that, that just sits there and they just talk about They talk, 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 but they know nothing about what God's doing. You know people like that. They just like to hear themselves ramble. Who is this? Verse 3, gird up now thy loins like a man, for I will demand of thee, and and answer thou me. Now, God's going to give Job some information about creation here. And when he says, stand there like a man, he's not talking about, you know, grow up and suck it up and be tough. He's talking about, Job, you need to be thinking about creation the way man was originally designed to be thinking about creation. You need to be thinking about creation, about why and how and what I was doing in it. Where was thou when I laid the foundation? Notice the building terms. All this is about creation. Where was thou when I laid the foundations of the earth? Declare if thou hast understanding. You see, Job should have said, I wasn't there, but man, I know you did it based on Proverbs. I know you did this. Based on Job, I know you did this. Based on your word to us through uh, Moses and through the prophets and through all the information. Here it is. He doesn't do that. Verse 5, who hath laid the measures thereof? if thou knowest, or who has stretched the line upon it? Whereupon are the foundations thereof fastened? Or who laid the cornerstone thereof? Notice, Job knew the answers to the questions. God is reminding Job about what he, had, he already knew, and should be thinking about, and come to a conclusion. Verse 7, when the morning stars sang together, and all the suns of God shouted for joy. Boy, we'll talk about that sons of God in a couple months, a couple weeks. Okay. Notice this, foundations. He's going to build something, verse 4. Verse 5, laid the measure, stretched the line. He's got that blue line laid out there and pops it and says, that's the line right there. Lays down that straight edge. I love that thing in verse 6 about the cornerstone. You take a cornerstone and And that's the place from which all the measurements of the building are done. Here's You have to have a starting place. Here it is. Here's the corner. And God's going to build it and he's going to fasten it all together and he's going to weigh the measure. He's going to lay it out. And you know what the angels are doing? They're watching him do it and execute it. And they stand in awe of what God's building. They sit there and they rejoice in it. Now come over to Job 9. Back to Job 9. So when he begins to create here, Job begins to, he asks Job these, I'm asking you this. Here's here's what creation is. There's a plan here. He just doesn't take it and throw it up and let the the winds blow. He sets in the ordinances. Job 9. Job's answering his friends with that. Give him counsel with no knowledge. <laughs> Job 9 verse 1. Then Job answered and said, I know it is of a truth, but how should man be just with God? That is the question of the, of the ages. Job understood some things here. If he will contend with him, he cannot answer him one of a thousand. He is wise in heart and mighty in strength, who hath hardened himself against him and hath prospered, which removeth the mountains and they know not, which overturneth them in anger. Watch verse 6, which shaketh the earth out of her place and the pillars thereof tremble. Shaking the earth, God put it somewhere and then judged it that's Noah and the flood, and it shook. It shook the chambers. It shook the pillars, which commanded the sun, and it riseth not, and sealeth up the stars, which alone spreadeth out the heavens, and treadeth upon the waves of the sea, which maketh Arturius uh, um, and Orion and Pleiades and the chambers of the south which doeth great things past finding out, yea, and wonders without number. What does he do? He, he's got these chambers and the stars. The, the, you know, it's the zodiac and Maseroth and all this out there. He's decorated. We'll see next week in Genesis when he decorates all that out there and he puts it there. Come over to chapter 26 of Job. He decorates it. He sets it all up out there. Job 26 by the way, Job 25, 5, but even to the moon and it shineth not, yea, the stars are not pure in his sight. Guess what? There's going to be trouble up in all that out there. And the heavens are going to be unclean, Isaiah says. I have to find that verse. Look at Job 26. Look at verse 6. Hell is naked before him, and destruction hath no covering. Talking about God. He stretched out the north over the empty place and hangeth the earth upon notice that, nothing. Remember in Job 38? How's it fastened? It's just hanging out there on nothing, man. (laughs) When I hang something out on nothing, you know what happens? It falleth. (laughs) It hitteth the groundeth and breaketh, right? That's what it does. When God did it, He took the earth. I know what Theology and tradition says you got Atlas and the Turtle and you got all this stuff. But he took the Earth and he hung it out there on nothing. It took the space shuttles and the science programs to get up there to look back and say, Man, they're just hanging out here on nothing. When Columbus goes into the king and queen of Spain to get the money and the backing to come to the New World and search it out under Spain's flag in his own diaries in his own journals he quotes that verse right there about hanging the the earth on nothing and he goes and he he the the issues of the the, spear, the the earth being round and so forth. And he knew that the common thought of the day, that if you go to the edge, you're just going to fall off, was not true based upon the word of God. He understood that. Verse 8. He bindeth up the waters in his thick clouds, and the cloud is not rent under them. He holdeth back the face of his throne, and spreadeth his clouds upon it. He hath compre- compassed the waters with bounds until the day and night come to an end. The pillars of heaven tremble and are astonished at His reproof. Pillar. Look at the pillars of heaven. Amos 9 talks about the stories in heaven. There's organization there. There's things there. There's this structure to hold it all up and into place. Drop down to verse 13. By His Spirit He hath garnished the heavens, his hand hath formed the crooked spirit, serpent. Uh-oh. What I want you to see is by, by his hand, his spirit, he hath what? Garnished the heavens. He stands and he places the stars. He places all of that out. He starts with the cornerstone and he measures and he lays it all in. He's doing something here. He's creating He's making it the way he designed it to be. Now come back to Isaiah 40. Because there's a reason why he's designing it the way he wants it to be. There's a reason why he had a blueprint. There's a, a blueprint is designed to build a building. You have to have it. Here, boom, this is it. It's got to have the architect's seal. It's got to have all this stuff in it. Why? Because we have a finished product in mind. Isaiah 40, when God created on day one, he's doing something. Those questions in verse 21. Look at verse 22. Here is what he's doing. Here's what they should have known, Israel should have known. Here's what you and I need to know. It is he that sitteth upon the circle of the earth, and the inhabitants thereof are as grasshoppers that stretched out the heavens as a curtain and spreadeth them out as a, look at that, tent to do what? To dwell in. When God is making and creating The heaven and the earth, when he's developing and creating the inhabitable parts of the earth, he's making a house to dwell in. As he creates. The heaven and the earth, the goal was to make a place for him to live in, to come and to live with his creation. He created a universe, heaven and earth, so that he could come and live and dwell with his creation. Come over to chapter 45, Isaiah 45. And if you can get anything this morning, get that point. He didn't just do it to, oh, well, look, we're bored today. Let's do something. All right? He comes in and he says, I want to live with my creation. Isaiah 45, look at verse 18. For thus saith the Lord that created the heavens, God himself that formed the earth and made it. He hath established it. He created it not in vain. He formed it to be inhabited. I am the Lord and there is none else. Look at that. That's the goal. It's going to be inhabited by a creation, but also by Himself. Come back over to Psalms 104. And as we begin to look at the issue of the heavenly places and that structure that's there, it's there for a reason. Those terms, those seven terms are given for a reason. There's design behind it. And in the creation, he's building a habitation for him to come and live in those heavenly places, in the heaven out there, with you and I, on purpose. On the earth, with Israel and the Gentiles, on purpose. Look at Psalms 104, look at verse 1. Bless the Lord, O my soul, O Lord my God, thou art very great. Thou art clothed with honor and majesty. Who... Covereth thyself with light as with a garment. Everybody wants to know what color you know, what Adam and Eve looked at like. They were made in his image. They're representative. They're made in They have light. They're made in light. Who stretched out the heavens like a curtain. When you pull a, when you pull a curtain, what are you doing? You're blocking what's out and you're keeping in what's in, aren't you? Be interesting in the fall who layeth the beams of his chambers in the waters, who maketh the clouds his chariots. His place is designed to, to live there. His place is designed to come in and to be. Verse 4, Who maketh his angels spirits, his ministers of flaming fire, who laid the foundations of the earth that it should Not be removed. How long? Forever. You know how long this earth's going to (laughs) last? You know how long the universe is going to last? Forever. It's interesting. Now, he's going to get a new one without the sin mark, but it's going to last forever. Thou uh, coveredest with the deep as with the garment. The water stood above the firmament. At thy rebuke they fled. At thy voice, thy thunder they they hastened away they go down to the mountains they go down by the valleys into the place which thou hast founded them and you you keep reading the rest come over to chapter 68 of that psalms and it is a synopsis of genesis 1 you know what he had a palace he had a place he had a home where he lived and he was going to bring it down here on the earth Psalm 68, the angels sit over there. They look at what he's doing, and you know what he says? They say, wow, look at what he's doing, man. He's created what matched the blueprint, which matched his wisdom, and one day he's going to come and live and reign with us. Psalm 68, verse 1. Let God arise, let his enemies be scattered. Let them also that hate him flee before him. As smoke is driven away, so drive them away as wax melteth. Before the fire, so let the wicked perish at the presence of God. But let the righteous be glad. Let them rejoice before God. Yea, let them exceedingly rejoice. Sing unto God. Sing praise to his name. Extrull him that rideth upon the heavens by his name, Jah. That's short for Jehovah, by the way. And rejoice before him. All of that's looking at the second coming of the Lord as he comes and his return. And he's going to go and do... Verse 15, the hill of God is as the hill of basin as a high, and high hill as the hill of basin. Why leap ye, ye high hills? This is the hill which God desireth to dwell in. Yea, the Lord will dwell in it. How long? Forever. There's a hill of God. Now he's talking about Jerusalem. Jerusalem. That's what he's talking about. But he's, his design is to do what? Dwell on the earth for how long? Forever. God is going to live on a piece of land that he has instituted from before creation that he's going to come and live, bring his house down and live in a creation that he made that he put together according to a wise plan. He gave birth to it before he made anything else. Ephesians 1 there, verse 18, talks about him being the father of glory, the father, the one to begat it, the one to begin to to do and and to have a plan that calls and comes together and and it displays that, that glory of him. You think about the Lord Jesus Christ. He's... The Godhead bodily. He's the manifestation of the Godhead. He's the creator. There he is. And the glory is going to dwell there. God's going to come and live and dwell. And the angels sit there and go, wow, look at that. So there's a purpose in the natural creation, not just to do something. Come over to Isaiah 14. But for him to come and to then dwell here on the earth with his creation. But there's a problem. Something happened. And when that something happened, when that someone happened, sorry, it didn't change the plan. Because God had that plan, wisdom, glory, and nothing that could come up would ever thwart or stop the plan. But it sure put a dent in it. And it put a condition in it. Isaiah 14, look at verse 12. How art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? No, notice that Lucifer is a son. He's an adult. God would ha- is going to have, we'll see it as we come along, God's going to have his creation manned, runned, ruled by adults. How art thou cut down to the ground which didst weaken the nations? For thou hast said in thine heart, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne. Notice there's government here. Okay? There's a throne. We're going to look at this. there's There's government. I will sit. Uh, Thrown above the stars of God, I will sit upon the mount of the congregation in the sides of the north. There's accountability, a place of accountability. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will, now here's what I'm after here right now, be like the most high. Do you see that issue of the like the most high? If you write down Genesis 14, I put it on the handouts on the overhead. You go over to Genesis 14, the most high is defined... Well, just look over there. Genesis 14. As the possessor of heaven and earth. But you need to read the verse. Genesis 14, verse 18 and 19. Lucifer has a heart problem. And we're going we're gonna to get into Lucifer. Isaiah 14, great detail coming, okay? I just want you to catch what's happening. Genesis 14, look at verse 18. Genesis 14, 18. And Melchizedek, king of Salem brought forth bread and wine, and he was the priest of the Most High God. And he blessed him and said, Blessed be Abram of the Most High God, comma, here's what it means, possessor of heaven and earth. What did Lucifer say in Isaiah 14? I will be like the Most High. I want to be the possessor of heaven and earth. I will. He's got a will problem. He's got a heart problem. I will ascend into heaven, top spot, up there, going to get it. I will place my throne, a, a government in the creation, above the heights. Again, there's places of authority and, and, and accountability. And I want to take God's position. Notice Lucifer, Isaiah 14, never says he is God. He says, I will be like God like the Most High. I I want to possess that title that God has as the one who possesses the authority in the universe. I want it. And I will have it. And I have devised a plan to get it. When Satan says, I will be like, you know what Satan saw? What did the sons of God do as they watched God create. He rejoiced with them. He saw the creation. He saw the plan. He saw what God was going to do. And you know what Satan says? I can do it better. He did it. I can do it better. I'll be the better one to accomplish the plan. I'll possess the heaven and the earth. And at that moment, the lie program, the lie was born. Romans 1.25, you know the verse. They take the truth of God and turn it into a lie and serve and worship the creature more than the creator. God's plan is called truth. Satan's plan is called the lie. And thus the battle begins. And the battle has been raging ever since. And the battle is over Whose authority is going to reign over the heaven and the earth? Come back to to Ephesians chapter 1. Ephesians chapter 1. Ephesians 1 verse 10. The battle is over the heaven and the earth, and whose will is going to be accomplished? Whose rightful throne is going to sit there and run the show? And you know what God says? That in the dispensation of the fullness of times, he might gather together and one all things in Christ, both which are in heaven and which are on earth, even in him, in whom also we have obtained an inheritance. You know what God says? He goes, I got a plan to come in and to restore, to reconcile the heaven and the earth back under my authority. I'm going to use the nation of Israel, and I'm going to use the church, the body. I got two more creations to create. And the one that Satan never saw coming was obviously you and I, the church, the body of Christ. But before you can get into Israel and the body, guess what you've got to understand? Why he created to begin with. Why does he do what he's doing? We begin to see the purpose. Next week we'll continue on. Time's up. Clock on the wall says, Be done. Your faces say, Be done. <laughs> My stomach's growling, so we're going to be done. Folks, we're in a battle. And this battle's been going on since Genesis 1 in history. And the battle is who's the rightful authority in the universe? Now we have a choice. We have a choice to be a part of it or not to be a part of it. I would suggest that you lose yourself in what God's doing today and let your life be based on that. We have a song that says, Turn your eyes upon Jesus, look fully and that's the idea. I'd go let's go get involved in what he's doing. Because what he's doing is there for eternity. And we start by understanding in Ephesians 1, Paul drags us back to creation, says, You need to understand creation. You need to understand it. Now, we didn't get to get the details. It'd take a lifetime to study the book of Job. You get into Job 37, 38, 39, 40, 41, and you're talking astro, universal, physics stuff that nobody today even understands. But it's there. How can God set the ordinances? The quadratic equation, as the song says. Put it into place, and it's never changed in six or 7,000 years. It's always the same. I don't know. Anyway, think about that. Why is he creating? Why did he create? So he could come and dwell with his creation. And he said it so that that would be accomplished. Now we have a usurper involved. Next week, we'll look at Genesis 1 As we see Genesis 1 really literally is just an outline where Job and and Isaiah and Psalms just dump in the information, okay? All right, Heavenly Father, we thank you for the morning, Lord. We thank you for your word, and above all, Lord, we just thank you that we can study and we can know things. We can have a life built upon some wisdom and some understanding and some knowledge, not to get a big head or not to walk around puffed up, but just so that we know, have confidence in you and in what you're going to accomplish and the part that we play in that. In your name we pray, amen.